can't help but hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me about the Samaritan woman. When Jesus comes to her directly into Samaria and sits and waits for her in John 4. And we, a lot of us know the story, but this is the part that the Holy Spirit keeps highlighting to me tonight. From here on, he's speaking to her. He's been telling her her life. He's been speaking directly to her heart. And she's been asking, who are you that you would speak to me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman, let alone a woman. And she's, he's even been reading her mail, so to speak. But the Lord says, from here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in the truth. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place but will be a matter of the right heart. I feel the Lord saying tonight to us as a people, it's not always about where you are. It's not always about who's leading. It's not always about the position, but it's about your heart. Jesus is revealing himself to the Samaritan woman. And then she, he, she begins to worship him because of the truth of who he is. And so Jesus, tonight we just thank you that every time that we come into your presence, that every time that we come before you, no matter where we are, Lord, that we get to have more truth of who you are and that it transforms us. It's about the heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. We love your presence, Holy Spirit. I know that tonight, um, Joanna leading is a little bit different. Um, but I wanted it that way because I believe I also have a huge heart for worshipers because my friend is a worshiper that I wanted our worship team just to be able to sit and be ministered to the Lord. But also this is like, this. there's an anointing that Joanna carries that I believe that I just wanted her to share with you and just minister over you in song. Some of the greatest moments of my life and the marking moments of my life have been in a room with someone on a piano just crying out to the Lord. So simple. And I, I don't get me wrong, I'm, I love all of worship. I love the guitars and the drums. I love, I love all of that. But there's so many marking moments in my life that I can reflect back to and know that I just got in a room with someone who loved Jesus and we just poured out our hearts and we just went for it. And it just, it changed me. And, and those moments have marked me. And so I'm just so thankful. Joanna, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Appreciate you. She is my one of my best friends, and um, it's an honor to have her to be here with us. And um, I know Troy had asked me when he knew that he was going to be speaking, and then he asked me to speak tonight and asked if I would ask Joanna to come um, to be a part and to be with us. And so I'm just so grateful. I met her in 2014 at church, and we just 
instantly connected with the Holy Spirit, and um, we've walked through a lot of things, and I'm just so grateful that she is here to um, just minister to you guys, so I'm so thankful. Also, you probably noticed that Marla's over here. This is my other friend, Miss Marla Gadbury, and I asked her to come tonight. The Holy Spirit, when the Lord gave me this word, I was asking him for a picture of what he was sharing with me. And I looked and looked and looked. And I, was, I couldn't find any. I thought the Holy Spirit said, why don't you just ask your friend Marla to paint it? And I said, oh, okay, we can do that. If she says, if she's okay with it. And she did. She willingly said, I will. I'll come and I'll paint. So she's there. She's going to show us at the end. But she has a gift, a lot of gifts. But one of her gifts, if you didn't know, is painting. And she loves it. And it's, it's a place that the Lord... Um, speaks to her and, and, and prophetically. And so I'm excited. I just told her to whatever she felt the Lord say. So I don't even know what she's going to do. So anyways, um, so I just want to jump right in. This is a word that the Lord has been speaking to me for about six months. And I'm really excited to share it with you. I don't really ever give any of the things that I share a, mes a title of the message, but I have one, a title tonight. Will you remain on the narrow road? I feel like the Holy Spirit has been asking me this question for a while, for probably, like I said, for about six months. And, it's, and so I believe in the hour in which that we live in, there is so much pressure. There is so many who are walking away from the faith. There are so many, I believe that we are seeing what the Bible says, that there is a great falling away. We are seeing that. And if you haven't been seeing that, it, for me, it, it grieves me because I have people that I have loved so dearly and been so close to that have fallen away. And they are living in utter deception and believe that they are on the right road. And it has, it, it, the blow of that never gets easier for me. It, it, I, every time that I see it, it just, I just, it just grieves me. And and I just feel like in this hour in which we are living, when there are so many that are falling away, in a time in a culture where we are so self-seeking, we live in a culture in an hour that are lovers of themselves, which is what the Bible says will happen, right? We know the scripture, okay? And so in an hour when we're self-seeking, when we're self-pleasing, I sense the Lord posing the question to his people, and even to this house tonight, to me, Will you remain on the narrow way? This is a word, like I said, that started here. And that's how the, word, the Lord often works or you, it speaks to me, is it starts here and he begins to deal with some things in me. And then oftentimes, even if it's not here in the front of a room, it's personally in my life with my relationships or, or in my job or in my family, sharing this. And so when the, I just encourage you that those, peop, those that the Lord begins to speak things to you, that yes, it's often for you, but then that turns into a message for other people that you can share and that you can say that this is what the Lord is saying. So I've been hearing this phrase, the narrow way. For six months. And I began reading this passage that we're going to go to. We're going to be in Matthew 7 if you want to go there. <clears throat> but I've been hearing this, this phrase over and over. And I'm asking the Lord, what are you saying? 
what are you saying? I'm waiting for this deep, deep revelation from the Lord. What is it, Lord? What are you saying about the narrow way? What are you saying about the narrow way? And I feel like the Lord said to me, Dina, it's not that deep. Right? So sometimes we look at the word and we're like, what are you doing, Lord? What are you doing? What are you saying? And the Lord's like, what my word says. Taking him at his word. So Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7. If you can, if you have your Bible. You probably already know where I'm going. Matthew 7, verse 13. It's very short. I'm going to be reading from, if I get there, the Passion Translation. It says, come to God through the narrow gate, because the wide gate and the broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. I'm going to read it one more time. Come to God through the narrow gate. Because the wide gate and the broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. Some of yours might say the, the broad or, or the, the wide gate or, or the, the, mostly it's most, most translations are the narrow path. But we know that the broad and the wide gate represents what? The world. It represents ultimately leading to death. That's what the Bible says right here. Leading to death. The flesh. Your own desires. Your own ways. The broad way and the broad gate and the broad road, everyone is on it, Right? It's leading to destruction. We see even this in this translation, it says those enter it many ways. Many ways there are to enter, as that other translations say. And it said, today we are hearing that same theme over and over, right? There's more than one way to the Lord. There's many ways that you can go. You can live however you want. Right? Amen? This is the gospel that we're hearing. At the very least, it's portrayed that there's, it's so easy. And, I'm not, and hear me, I'm not saying that coming to Christ is not an easy step, right? It's simple. We make it overcomplicated. But we also, there's also, we're living in a culture where it says it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter the pressures that you face. It's, it's okay. It's easy. Amen? We're seeing that. We're living in an hour that the word is talking about. So it's portrayed that it's so easy. I can live however I want, and I'm still entering into the right gate. And there are so many that are deceived that they're entering into the right gate. Okay, the narrow way. Let's talk about the narrow way. The narrow gate. It represents life. Amen? Represents led by the Spirit. Represents Christ. Represents a life that is laid down for him. This may be something that we have heard before, but I've just sensed strongly by the Holy Spirit that this is something that is happening right now in our hour that we're living in. And so I'm just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. It's a life laid down. We know that the scriptures say that there is one way to the Father, which is what? Through his son Jesus. John 10, 9 says, I am the gate. Jesus is speaking. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
He will come in and out and find pasture. This is Jesus speaking to us. That's us. If you've entered to the, through the gate, if you've entered through Christ, and you said you've called upon him, and that is you, you get to go in and out the gate of his pasture. In his pastures, he is the gate, he is the shepherd, and he is the pasture. And in his pasture is a place for us to eat and to feast with him. And for him to shepherd our hearts and our lives, to walk with him on this narrow road. John 14, 6 says, Jesus is speaking here, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we know that when we read this passage, that's what Jesus is talking about, right? We know that it's choosing a life of, 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 of him, walking through him in Christ. And we know that the wide gate represents this destruction or the path of death. And I want to share this. I recently, I don't know if you guys know who Troy, Troy Brewer is. I can't even say the word Troy. That's my dad's name. <laughs> Troy Brewer. And he is a minister. And I, I really didn't follow him too closely. I know that Marla has. And my parents watch him. And one day they had him on. The, he, he was speaking. And as I'm just like in the living room walking through the house, he starts talking about the voice of many waters. Revelation 1.15 says that his voice was like the roar of many waters. And he begins to talk about this revelation that the Lord gave him. He's a very prophetic man. He's, if you don't know who he is, you check him out because he helps with sex trafficking. It's, his ministry is amazing. But he's talking about this revelation of the voice of many waters that the Lord gave him. And he said, you know how sometimes when you, the Lord says something to you, and then you may hear it from someone else, and then you hear it from like a pastor like on TV, and then you, you hear different people talking about the same thing over and over in about the same time. He said, that's the voice of many waters. Because his voice speaks to many different waters. And when he speaks, he may speak something differently to you, but he's still speaking the same thing. And I, I was just, my, I mean, it was like, like revelation for me. Because the Lord had been speaking this narrow way, this narrow road. He's just been saying that, the narrow way, Dina, the narrow way. And I'm going to share some of, my, some of the things that the Lord, through this thing that I went through, but I talked to one of my friends who lives in North Carolina. She's one of my other best friend. And I hadn't talked to her since she got married. And we were just catching up about her, her wedding and just all the things. And we, we always talk to the, about the Lord. And she just said, what's the Lord saying to you, Dina? And I said, the Lord has been speaking to me about the narrow way. I can't get away from it. Every time something happens, the Lord says to me, Dina, this is the narrow way. She said, are you kidding me? Get out of here. That's what the Lord is speaking to me. And I'm like, what? No way. She's like, yes. The Lord has been speaking that same thing to me and my husband over and over and over. We can't get away from it. I talked to another friend. Same thing. The Lord has been speaking to me out of this passage. Same thing. Another friend reaches out to me and says, the Lord put you on my heart, Dina, and gave me this word and said, this is the scripture that he gave me to give you. It's this scripture. Stephanie Gretzinger, I don't know if you know who she is. She's a worship leader. She just came out with a song called The Narrow Way. Like, 
a month ago. I believe that the Lord is speaking. There is a significance in what he is saying in this hour to his people. There is a, he is the voice of many waters. We are not in the same place. I don't even know, I've never spoken to Stephanie Gretzinger in my life, but I felt like she was sing, wrote that song for me. Because the Lord has been speaking that, and he is the voice of many waters. And there is a significance in what he is saying. And oftentimes in my experience, and I share this, he will begin with me first. But that's what he does in his word. He begins in his house with his people. And if we are willing to allow him to deal with our hearts first, then we can be ready to minister to those who will come. That we will be calling those to come to walk the narrow road with us. And if we're not walking the narrow road, how can we ask them to come with us? We are called as a people to walk this narrow road. So we as believers, and I believe that most of us in this room, have accepted and walked through that gate. And if we haven't, that's another conversation and that's okay. But we as believers have entered through this gate, but now we are called to walk it. Now we are called to be on this road. We are called to be on the road that is less traveled in spite of what we see. In spite of my circumstance, my pain, the sickness, loss, frustration, accusation. I don't know about you, but I've been experiencing a lot of accusation in my family. And it's not true. But he said, this is the narrow road, Dina. I've experienced a lot of loss in my family. But he said, this is the narrow road. In spite of my preference and what I want. My preference. My preference. The Bible says in this scripture, it says, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. Hard, which means it's not easy, right? It's not easy. It's not always fun. It's not always comfortable. And here's one. It's lonely. If you are a believer, and if you've been walking with Christ for any amount of time, you know that. And I believe I'm speaking to some people in this room that know what it's like to be lonely. But we're not alone. We are not alone. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard. It's hard. I want you to think in your mind about, Marlo's going to show us in a few minutes what she's painting, but just in your mind what a narrow road looks like. Have you ever driven down a narrow road? I have. When I was in Ireland and I did a mission trip, we drove down some of the most narrow roads I've ever seen in my life. It was so beautiful. Like, we're going to take you the scenic route. It's so pretty. We're going to take you. But the road is really narrow. So if somebody comes, we have to back up. And so we don't hit anybody. And I'm like, what? (laughs) It sounds scary. But the road was so narrow. And oftentimes when we are with the Lord and we're walking this narrow road, it feels as if I'm going to slip off. Because it's so difficult. And it sometimes is rocky. And sometimes I feel like it's straight uphill. Anybody else? The only way that I know how to be me is to tell you my story is to be authentic with you about what Christ says to me 
and speaks into my situation. And I was, I've been, I've wrestled with the Lord. It's probably been the past three or four months. And I really mean that. I really mean wrestle with the Lord. When the Lord called me back here in the end of 2021, and I came here, and I came here to be with my family to receive some healing from the Lord. And, and after I was here for a while, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going to just get healed and go to the next thing that you've called me to do. And the Lord said, no, we're not doing that. You're going to stay here. And for, and for me, I just said, I'm, I'm not staying here. And I wrestled and wrestled with the Lord about what he has called me to do and the position that he's placed me in as a teacher and even being a part of this house. And, and, and again, I, I, I love my family. I love this place. But I have wrestled with that. It is not something that I wanted. It was not my preference. It is not my preference. And I mean that no disrespect. All I know to do is to be authentic and to be real with you that this is not my preference. This up here is not my choice. I would never choose this. I would choose to sit on that back row and be stuck in a room with someone who, who can lead and to pray. That's not my preference. This is not it. I actually don't like it at all. And I used to come kicking and screaming inside. But the Lord said, it is not about your preference, Dina. And so I've been, I wrestled with the Lord about being here and about what the Lord was calling me to do here in my family and being back here in Indiana. And I told him, no, I'm not doing, I'm not. No. So there began to be, and here I was a few, whatever, weeks, months late ago in my car. Not to the song that I told you about, but a different one. Just telling the Lord, I will go down the narrow way. I will do it, Lord. Whatever you ask me, I will do. I say yes. It doesn't matter what it looks like. That's me in my car. Whatever it looks like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Crying, tears coming down my face. I meant it. But he said, this is what I want you to do. I said, no, I'm not doing it. And the Lord spoke this to me because he'd been speaking the narrow way to me. He said, Dina, if you want the narrow road, then you must submit your will to my will. You must submit your will to my will. We don't think sometimes, you guys, that we think, again, we went back to selfish, my will, my plans, what I want, what I feel. It's on every t-shirt. Follow your heart. Go with what you feel. Go your own way. You're a wonderer. That's what our culture says. That we don't submit to the will of God. That it's not about me. It's not about us. But the Lord said, Dina, if you want the narrow road, then you must submit to my will. And I said, I don't understand. I don't understand. And there was, there's a lot of things. And there's pieces of the story that, that are very personal that I'm leaving out. But there was things that I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. And I have these questions and on and on and on. And the Lord said, Dina, if you want the narrow way, it must be my way, my will, my way. One morning I was wrestling with the Lord so much that I woke up and he spoke this, this song to me. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing. 
and to begin to speak this song to me, and I just turn it on. And the Lord said, you are withholding things from me, and you are holding things back, and I'm calling you to withhold nothing from me. Family, I believe that a lot of us as believers get into trouble because we withhold things. And we don't realize that there are times where we step off into a different path or a different road because I want what I want. We don't realize it, but it happens all the time. I've witnessed it as a result of my selfishness. And the Lord said to me, withhold nothing from me. The song goes, I surrender all to you. Everything I give is to you, withholding nothing. So this battle that I was in was within my walk with Christ. And I, I didn't want to submit to his will because I didn't understand it. And, but I knew that my own way would not get me to where God was calling me to. And because of I, yes, long ago through the gate, when I walked through the gate and I said yes to Jesus, it, my yes stuck with me and said, Dina, you cannot do anything. The Bible says that apart from him, we can do nothing. Nothing. So I was at a, what I call, what we call in wrestling, I'm from a wrestling family, we're in a stalemate, we're stuck. And somebody's got to give. And the Lord said, it ain't me. I'm not, I'm not changing. I already told you. I spoke my will to you. I told you and I commanded you which way to walk. This is another story that I'm going to tell on myself. So I'm in this wrestle. This is this time. And I'm, I'm mad. I, I'm going to be honest. Can I be real? I'm frustrated with the Lord. I'm frustrated about my situation. And a lot of times when we get frustrated internally and we're not working through the things in our heart, we take it out on people around us. And we take it out in our jobs or our family or our relationships. And I knew that I was being, like, just nasty. I felt it. Again, I'm being real. This is me. I am real. I'm probably telling myself probably too much, but that's okay. But I was upset and I was so frustrated. But you have to work, right? And most of you know that my parents have a produce farm and we pick a ton of tomatoes, a ton. And we picked a whole bunch of tomatoes, but they have to be sorted. And you have to sort tomatoes, and you have to sort them between different sizes, and if they have a spot on them, and if they have a split on it. And there's, it's very meticulous. And it does take a lot of time, and that's the part of it that people don't see. But we had, me and my dad had to sort tomatoes. And he is so quiet. I'm sure that he knows. I don't even know if he remembers this. But he was so quiet, and we went out there, and we have these boxes one for the bad, one for the split, one for the good. Like, we're just sorting them. And my dad starts sorting them in this way that I'm like, why are you doing that? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, why are you sorting it? That doesn't make any sense. That is smaller. That's ready. That's not. We need, we need to put them in the same box. We need to split them. He's like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not. In my mind. I wasn't going to backtalk, right? I learned that when I was a kid. I wasn't going to backtalk my father, but in my mind, I'm thinking, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get that. Why are, why are we doing it that way? I don't understand. That's what I was thinking in my mind. Mad. I'm not really mad at him. I'm mad internally because I'm at this wrestle with the Lord. I'm in this wrestle with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit says to me, look at you. I was like, he said, look at you. Look at, the, look at your face. Now, when he's saying this to me, look, if you're a mature believer and you have a relationship with Jesus, you can handle stuff like that, okay? Like, I, 
I don't say that like he's like beating me down, but he, he, does, he does talk to me and ask me questions, and he does get real with me because I'm real with him, so he gets real right back. He says, look at, look at your face, and it was. It was just all over my face. I was just frustrated. I don't want to be out here. I don't want to do this. It doesn't make any sense, and he says, I put you with your father because I want to show you that you will follow my father's will. And that your father, who represents the father in this situation, knows what's best for you. And you don't always have to understand everything why your father does what he does. I put you, and I believe that the Lord has spoke many things to me through my biological father on earth, without even probably him knowing it, that he will teach us things about the Father, not because he doesn't, not because he's being mean to us, not because he's trying to control us, but because he loves us. And he's calling us to a narrow way that looks opposite to what we see out there. So I, when I, when the Holy Spirit was dealing with me, and that sounds like a silly thing, right? But that's a real thing. When he was dealing with me in Sorting these tomatoes, I knew, he said, do you, this is the other thing he said to me, do you see how much you want your own way? Do you see how much you want your own way about something so silly? If you, Dina, would just give in to what I'm saying, and if you will just let go of everything that you don't understand, and you will just let go of everything that you want, and you would just come up underneath my leadership, and up, up, up underneath my authority, and you will learn that I am for you and I'm not against you, then I will take you and I will show you things that you could never imagine. But you have to choose to submit to my authority to submit to my will. Romans 8, 6 through 8, this is the passion. It says, for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the flesh, I'm sorry, for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the flesh is death, I repeated that, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan. And refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. We cannot submit to his will in our flesh. It says right here. Right here in the word. It says, a mind that is set... On, hit, on the flesh, fights the God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. And if we continue, family, if we continue to fight and to not to submit to the direction of the Lord, and we continually harden our hearts and tune out the spirit of the Lord and won't listen to the direction and we fight against his plan, what happens? We become hardened. We begin to go wayward. We begin to go our own way. We begin to think that what we think is right and what this is is wrong. Many times in our life when we are, we are fixed, and that's just my story. Your story is different. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know your circumstance. But the Lord does. He knows. He knows the intricacies of your choices. He understands the relationships in your life. He understands the position and job and all the things that you go through. He gets it. I, I don't. 
But many times when we are faced with choices of which road we will, we, that we're going to continue down, it will require us to submit our flesh. It will require us of laying down my questions. It will require me that I don't have the answer to everything. Maybe you're not going to understand why this happened. Maybe you're not going to understand this sickness or this death or this attack or this confusion or why is this. You're not going to understand. We will be faced with submitting our flesh. We don't have the answers to questions. And it may be laying down our understanding of whatever it is. I believe that he is calling us as a people tonight to find strength in him and leaning in and asking him, will you keep me, Lord? Will you keep me on this narrow path? In an hour where people are falling away from him and they are compromising, he is calling us to be strengthened on this narrow road. And he will because it says that he is the people, we are his people of his pasture. And in his pasture, he feeds us, and he encourages us, and he sends his spirit to speak directly to our hearts, just like he did to me. That there would be such a yes in our hearts and devotion to Jesus that we would not waver. That we would not waver in the midst of a culture in an hour. I recently went back and read in Daniel about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is their names that was given to them. And they stood in an hour in a culture that said, bow. They chose the narrow road. They chose the narrow road in that hour that they were living in. Daniel, before he was thrown into the lion's den, they said, we know the story. We can't catch him in anything else. But if we catch him with his faith, not praying, we, we can throw him in. They did. And what did he say? Go ahead. They stood in an hour in a culture and a people and said, we will not bow. And it's happening. It's happening. It may be small in your little sphere. It may be small in your home or your family, your kids or your job or whatever. It, it may be very small, but it's happening. And he is calling us to that narrow road. It's not just about going through the gate. Many of, of us have already went through the gate. But it's remaining on this road and this path that he's called us to. Joanna, would you come? I asked Joanna to, to play the song that Stephanie wrote <clears throat> called The Narrow Road, or The Narrow Way, actually. And I just asked her to play it and to sing it. And I just really believe that the Lord wants to strengthen his people because you are going to be faced and you are going to come into temptations and even opportunities to compromise or to be wayward or to sway or to look to the left and to the right. If it already hasn't happened, this is not a matter of if, it's a matter of I believe when. And every person is in different places of their life and they're different places of their walk with Jesus. And it looks different for every person. Only you know that. I believe I'm talking to mature people in this place. But the Lord is wanting to strengthen his people tonight. That there will be such a yes in our heart. There will be such a devotion to Jesus that we would not waver. Though we may stumble, we would not cross over 
to the broad, wide path that leads to destruction and to death. But that we would only have eyes for him, for he is worthy of far more than anything this world has. If you just want to stand with me tonight, if you can. Just open your hands or lift up your hands. Lord, I just thank you tonight for your word. I just thank you that you said in your word that the narrow way is not easy. And just like Troy was speaking this morning, that he has heard the different stories in this room, that we could go around, Lord, and we could talk about the things that we are walking through as a people. But I thank you, Lord, that you, we are the people of your pasture, that you are the good shepherd. And I pray, Lord, tonight in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would strengthen your people, that you would undergird them with your power. And that, Lord, the yes that they said when they walked through the gate, Lord, that you would remind them, oh God, that when they said yes to you and they walked through that gate that gives everlasting life, that they would be reminded tonight, Father, they would be reminded tonight, Lord, that it is you and only you, Lord. It is through your Son, Jesus, that we have eternal life. And that your word says that I will not leave you as an orphan, but I will come to you. And you send your spirit to us. So, Lord, I just speak to every heart under the sound of my voice, Lord. And I say, Lord, strengthen your people, God. That you would give them the people, Lord. That you would give them, Lord, a grace and a strength, God, to keep walking the narrow road. Submitting their flesh to you daily, God. Not being pulled to the left or to the right. But, Lord, keeping their eyes focused and aflame on you. This is the hour that you're speaking to your people to be strengthened, to stay focused, to be vigilant, to watch. He is speaking to his people in this hour. There has been a great falling away and he is coming to warn you as his bride. He is coming to say, I will strengthen you. I will underguard you. I will give you the words to say. Father, we thank you that Psalm 118, 19 says, Swing wide, you gates of righteousness, and let me pass through, and I will enter into your presence to worship you only. Lord, I thank you tonight that you're swinging wide the gates of righteousness, and you're letting your people come through, and that they would worship the King of glory and only you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just encourage you, as Joanna sings this song, that you begin to ask him, that you begin to ask him, that you begin to ask him and cry out to him and say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help my children, whatever it may be.
we thank you, Jesus, for the cross that made a way so we could walk through the gate. That you, Jesus, strengthen us and you give us life to continue down this path, even though we may suffer, even though it may be difficult. When we look to the cross, when we look to the cross, nothing compares. Nothing compares to knowing you, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we go through, nothing compares to knowing you. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the strength that you give us as your people to walk in righteousness. And I pray, Holy Spirit, tonight as your people go, that they will be strengthened in your word. Lord, that they will be strengthened, Lord, in your spirit with hope, Lord. Not discouragement, but hope, Lord, because you are the good shepherd. Lord, I thank you so much for your people. And I thank you, Lord, for gifting us with your presence. It's not something that we take lightly, Lord. I never want to take it lightly or pass it by and pretend that you're not in this room. Lord, we thank you so much. Pray that you would bless your people, Lord, as they go out. <laughs>